0: Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm Rob Elba, and uh, I wanted to do, obviously, uh, Charlie uh, Watts, the great uh, Charlie Watts past, and uh, I wanted to do a little something about him, you know, Charlie, just to uh, just to sort of talk about him a little and what uh, his drumming style uh, meant, uh, means to people, and uh, just talk about it. And, and I'm thinking, who best... Cause i know i know drummers i know a lot of drummers i I think uh, some of my best friends are drummers which is it's crazy right but it's true but i'm thinking who would be good and then i'm thinking fucking bobby mcintyre so welcome to that record got me high mr bobby mcintyre welcome to the show bobby oh thank you rob what a treat appreciate it (laughs) bobby is a uh is a touring drummer session drummer um he's a, a producer engineer uh songwriter he owns Studio Seventy-One recording studio and um, in Miami, right? We're still in Miami, right, Bobby?
1: We are. Yeah. One of us is
0: in, in the hood. No, you. are. I know. We. I say the the regal we. But uh, owner of uh, Studio <laughs> Seventy-One, played with the uh, Twilight Singers with Greg Dooley. plays with Nil Lara, played played with everyone. I mean, I've known Bobby. I knew Bobby uh, forever. Coming up when we were making our bones in Miami, but sadly, I didn't get to play with him till kind of recently, just a couple years ago. Uh, and I've mentioned this before that I've I've been lucky enough to play with like some really great drummers, and you I sure was, have yeah, you yeah and, and I always knew Bobby was a great drummer, but there's something when you play with a drummer like a great drummer like I got to with Bobby, we did some Rat Opera stuff and we played with Gold Dust Lounge, and there's some un there's something that you can't quantify but that's bobby this is why i wanted to get you on because i i want to quantify it a little like what it is about charlie watts because he obviously he's not like a flashy like a john bonham or a neil peart or anything like that we're flashy but you always through the years you would always hear drummers you know just just talk about charlie and oh charlie and to the average listener you may say well what's he doing that's so special right but but you, yeah. Bobby, yeah. the reason I saw on um, Facebook, you were uh, you you had posted like a little thing about Charlie Watson. Someone said uh, uh,
1: mentioned it to you. Yeah, that was I posted um, just uh, a beat of Charlie's written, you know, um, in uh, in, you know, music lingo. And uh, right. And my, my mastering engineer out in Los Angeles, who I've used for 20 years, um, Bob Vosian, uh out of Capital Mastering. Um, they recently just shut down Capital Mastering, but he's got his own suite now. And he kind of made a comment. And I know he's such a huge Stones fan. He's a guitar player. And um, so I kind of replied to his, his comment. And um, uh, Charlie, When you had you mentioned,
0: know, you said something, you said that space he leaves from the hi-hat when he would hit the snare drum he owned yeah. and and that absolutely to me, i'm like wow what is he talking about but then and then you said uh you said over the years you realized that the space he left made the snare drum and his backbeat like jump out on the recordings so and, and that's like one of these little things that you can't that the layperson might
1: not notice but it but it makes a difference right Yeah, like, I always thought that he was smoking a cigarette, you know, like with his other hand. So it was like, you know, it's kind of one of those beats, like, you can play that with, with one hand. I figured that's what it was. That was his thing. Right. And, uh you know and and of course you know he he didn't always do that but that was definitely a signature of his on a lot of heavy popular songs and grooves and uh yeah and and as i've been recording over the years you realize wow that was really smart because that snare drum being left by itself and not having the hi-hat playing at the same time as the snare drum kind of just makes that thing jump out and the way he played with keith and the the, the back and forth that they had rhythmically was like space in between and they would just play in the gaps and off of each other, which was a, a unique thing, their feel. Right. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, you said to me, well, your younger ears might not have noticed that, but as you get, as you get older and wiser and you learn about it, that then you realize, oh wow, you know, what he's doing is really special.
1: Well, it's, a lot of things. It's not just that. It's right. like the older yeah. I get, the more he becomes kind of my favorite rock and roll drummer. It's like, isn't that crazy? Because he's not. It's, it's crazy because I always thought he was just like, when I was younger, like just perfectly sloppy, you know, Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and being in a band, you know, you find each other's feel and that's what really makes a band is like, you guys just read each other's minds and know, you know, how to play with each other. And those guys have been a band for literally 60 years and uh you know i mean come on you know and but they always had something you know in the early years you know he was coming from like a jazz background he loved you know
0: right the joe
1: morellos and just you know these these old school kind of um you know bebop jazz drummers big band drummers right um so that's you know, a, so yeah that's kind of crazy
0: yeah. because for being in you know arguably one of the greatest rock and roll bands every ever he wasn't a, a traditional rock and roll drummer he he brought he was almost more
1: like a jazz drummer playing in a rock band right yeah but at the same time he he had this feel that was that really is the sound of rock and roll. I right, mean, it's, right. you know, okay. they, they were pretty much, they were that. They were, the, they were the best rock and roll band. Like the Beatles, still, Beatles were more of a pop band. Yeah. Even John Lennon would have said, you know, they were the best rock and roll band. And, right, 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 right. And they kept it together so long. And, uh, you know, it's such a history. And they changed through the decades, the disco era, you know, the misuse and all of that. It's yeah. It's like they just kind of were able to, you know, stay relevant throughout you know, the years. And that right. had a lot to do with Charlie, if not everything to do with Charlie's playing. Right. And, and, and also
0: as, as much as he was just a quiet guy in the background, he still had the style. And, and now one thing I know about you, if, if for those of you who don't know Bobby, Bobby's got style. <laughs> so he's, and, and that's <laughs> all. You. And, and, that's all part of it for you. That's all part of it, and 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 that's fair because I, I some people say, oh, that's bullshit. Like uh, punk rock, shouldn't it's not about fashion, but no, it always is in in a way. I mean, the uh, the Clash were a great band, but they also dressed a, a certain way. I mean, they 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 did, and it's like Bobby. Like if I ever saw you playing in like shorts and flip flops, yeah, I'd be fucking disappointed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I you know yeah, it's never happened. No, hey, somebody no. was telling me the other day in a session that uh, about a drummer, and he was playing bear. Foot, I'm like God. I could just never do that. You know, you could. I mean, right, not some drug, of fashion it just doesn't feel right, and it's right like, for you. you know, the weight isn't that. Yeah, for me personally, right. yeah. And and this and and fashion was always something you know young and I think it came from like the Charlies and the Ringos and the psychedelic kind of period of rock and roll. Yeah, that, they had this style you know, about them, just, right? Yeah, people just don't dress up anymore, and uh, <laughs> you know. And I always loved it, man. I you know, fashion and rock and roll to me were always you know hand in hand, and right, I always liked right, that. Right. I think growing up in Miami, this fashion capital, was I always liked to to dress up and you know and have a little something of my own. And, uh, yeah. And that just stayed with me. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of part of who I am. It's like with Charlie, he was, uh, an impeccable dresser. I mean, he just, he He always suits on and he's just always looked great and, uh, you know, had a respect for the stage and for himself, you know, and, and, you know, just every photo, every, you know, interview, He just always looked great yeah Yeah, he was always the coolest guy in the room for sure i mean i've never heard an interview where he said more than yes or no to an answer right right, he was just one of those like laid-back guys you don't really Hear about him, you know, just talking it up. So, what I wanted you to do, I, you, I, I wanted you to play just a little bit, some songs of his, and just give me,
0: you know, just talk a little about what he's doing in the song and just bring it out because that, that to me, that's fascinating. As a non drummer, when I hear stuff like, like, uh, recently I did an episode with, uh, with Sam, with our mutual friend, uh, Sam Pogarino, yeah. and he was talking about how it's almost like, it's like a quantum physics thing. Like, you can get a snare drum and have 10 different drummers hit the snare and it'll sound. Uh, yeah. Yeah. different.
1: It's the same with guitar players. Fingers, it is. you know? It is. I mean, it's you just you can you give know, that's, the, that's yeah, why the same it's guitar like, player
0: the, the guitar. I mean, two different guitar players the same guitar and it'll and it'll sound totally it's
1: different. never going to be the same. And right. then Charlie just had his own thing, which is another reason why I love him so much, is because he had his own sound. He knew who he was. He knew what his thing was. And, you know, all all these drummers throughout history try to emulate, you know, their their heroes. And it's like find your own voice. Man. Right. You right, know? right. It's like, it, exactly. Yeah. Love it and appreciate
0: be- it, but don't try and yeah, ape it and copy it and like say, Oh, right. what is you know, he playing? Never be able to do it. It'll what is his happen? gear? And it's like, yeah, you learn as you get old, you realize oh, gear doesn't
1: matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. You could hit, you know, anything. And it's going to sound like that person. If they have, if they have their own sound and style. And Charlie clearly had that. I mean, not to mention he was playing the same drums, you know, forever and ever that Gretsch kit, And his symbols, you know, they break every once in a while, but he always had such an odd choice of symbols. Oh, really? Yeah, like his crash symbol would be like a China symbol. You know, usually they're turned upside down, but he would, you know, do it the opposite way. And it just kind of gets in and out, like a kind of, you know, it doesn't linger. Right. And he wasn't like a heavy crashing symbol guy, which I love. No, no, no. Vinyl hates symbols. You know, when you press vinyl, when you start crashing on symbols, it really disturbs the mix and i think that he was very aware of microphones and aware of that stuff he didn't hit the drums really hard and they just sound better when you don't you know when, as as the years go on and i record a lot of drums the softer i play the drums the bigger they sound, the better they sound. They just don't get choked up when you hit the Isn't drums really weird? hard. <laughs> it's weird, right? So it you is like quantum physics away. almost, right? It really is, man. And they're sensitive. And, and Charlie had dynamics, you know, he knew when to explode and he knew when to lay back, and he really had that down. And that's a musical thing that he had, probably from his early jazz days, being conscious of that. And uh and he brought that into to the rock and roll. And, right. you know, that's a big lesson for anyone there. Dynamics. I mean, as a producer, I speak about dynamics to artists more than anything. I mean, I don't care on what level you're at. It's always the same conversation, you know, um, be aware of dynamics. The verse is coming in, lay back a little bit, let the, you know, let the song go somewhere and, and save your moments. And he did that. Right. So, so let's hear.
0: So play a little bit of uh, some songs you got queued up. Like, give us a little taste and then give us a little. Uh, well, you, you me asked what me to pick
1: six, which is not easy I they know, have like right? 30 yeah. something records of and then another 30 live records. But, you know, as as I was thinking about Charlie and, and you asked me to do this, I was just kind of going for I, i'm i'm into songs i'm a drummer for songs personally yeah, yeah, so right. my take on charlie is you know is that i pick i pick tunes that i kind of enjoyed and where he his drumming kind of helped the tune so like initially let's say bitch for instance um super kind of soul tune like motown almost He's pushing forward the whole thing. It's just driving. It's that right. Motown kind of soul vibe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Par- it's a party from the beginning. And, <laughs> you know, and he waits for the right moments to kind of build up and explore with drum fills. He's he's kicking the band. You know, there's horns in that track too, which I'm sure Charlie loves. So it's like, you know, that coming from that big band aspect of him, probably younger. Listen to that stuff. I'm sure he enjoyed having horns on, on Stone's jingles, but yeah, he would kick him with the cymbals, but lightly and like, he just had uh, such a, a finesse and style about him, you know he, he, he never bashed away, like I was saying just No, kind of, no,
0: but he had that, uh, the way he, hit, uh, uh, did he like hold his snare uh, stick, kind of weird, but or traditional chip-like? grip your traditional grip, kind of old school, old school you know, right.
1: jazz style, yeah.
0: So, um, not hitting it real hard, but it had like it has like a crack to it, just that you can yeah. tell it's him, right? Oh, absolutely, isn't that absolutely. crazy? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it, you can, it is crazy. I mean, that's the thing. He's a stylist, he's like the Sinatra of drums, ah. you know, to me, you know, because <laughs> he just, you know, he's a stylist, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, when it's him, and yeah. uh, you know, and and even that track, it's just like it's just driving the bass drum is pushing the song but like the snare drum is kind of laid back a little bit it's really the it's really the sound of rock and roll you know his right, drumming right. it's it's an interesting mix of 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 feel you know it's not about just nailing it it's you know the, the click track and just being super solid it's kind of no, a, no, feel no, and no. a finesse oh yeah you, you can hear that. that yeah i mean it's a little loose at times but it's like you know they they always recorded everything live. You can tell those guys were not like tracking drums first.
0: No, and then no, Bill no,
1: Wyman no. going in, and then oh Keith, it's your day.
0: Yeah, No, yeah. they would sit around and <laughs> they would right. play
1: that tune, and they would get the best. and And if somebody you know fucked up, it's like the the take was great. Let's keep it. Right, that's, right. That's mad. That's magic. Like today, everybody fixes everything, and oh, I know sucks the soul out of you. You know, and it. so true. Yeah. I mean that's why I love Rat and his attitude and approach because yeah, when well, he goes let's, for Let's the not go truth crazy. And... Rat goes a little <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. It's I a, do. Yeah. It's the magic and it's <laughs> it and is. it's um it's an attitude and it's a feeling. And you know when the track sounds great and you can't explain why, and there's little mistakes here and there. Sometimes you just got to go with it and not fix that stuff. Yeah, I mean it's just like that. You know, otherwise bands would break up. It's like, hey, I sounded great on that one. You know, we're keeping that. So. uh,
0: I had noticed that you picked a a, a, a bunch of songs from uh, Tattoo You which is interesting that's like the one record that we've done um, Steve Grothman we had on and he did uh, Tattoo You which I never I gave that record short trip cuz I used to always say oh Some Girls was the last great Stones record and that's it Yeah, but, I love
1: Some Girls I have I have Tattoo You on vinyl too so a lot of those tunes It's a great yeah, but, but it's actually
0: a really great record and I guess there was a lot of like older stuff and outtakes that they just kind of threw together but uh so what's the track heaven you which um which is definitely a, a different track for them right
1: yeah but not really it's like you know it's kind of like waiting on a friend i mean it has similar um a similar thing like that song but, and I hate the side stick, you know, that kind of bossa nova where you you take the, the stick and you hit it on the rim and it gives it kind oh, of really? a wood block sound oh right I've right never, right I've never been a fan of that because I could never make a sound as fucking cool as Charlie. Ah. You know it's one of those things man and and when he did when he does it it works. Right, right it right, just right. works. But you know again that's that that old school coming from the jazz world uh the bossa nova the latin thing i hear a lot of that latin shit in charlie you know especially on heaven it is like a bossa nova. I think he's playing with like a stick and a brush super musical um, right right you know it's uh there's a great mood in that track and i love the mix you know things jump out of the speakers on that mix it's something really special about it there's a lot of excitement in that track yeah, super cool musical choices, man. And that's like that's maturity, and that's coming from listening to a lot of great drummers, and maybe you know getting some of those ideas and making them his own, which right. he did. I mean, he brought he brought a lot of maturity into rock and roll at such an early period. You know, I I wasn't a huge fan of the early Stonesy stuff um, as much as I was kind of later years, and maybe just because I you know I mean we weren't really born at. In that time, right? We're coming in a bit later, but yeah. uh, but yeah, the ideas that he had, music, musical choices, you know, even the chimes in there, and just certain things, um, you know, just the groove on that is just really, really sweet, really so nice. Miss You on Some
0: Girls, that's like, uh, that's such a great track, and I'm listening to it again, and then you realize when you listen to it how much it will take a part his groove.
1: It's like, it, to me, that one always reminded me of New York as a kid. It just had that that grease, you know, four on the floor, very disco, you know. Yeah, yeah, Moving yeah. forward kind of thing. There's mistakes left and right in that track that they kept in, and it was a smash, you know, the yeah. hi-hat. He opens it up in these odd little spots that just are so cool. And, you know, not a lot of crashing on the cymbals again, Um you know he just played with such a an intention and uh you know and dynamic that the recordings just sound so good his drums sound great on that track i think that's that's why it played so well on the radio too oh right right. um you know i mean i think uh, you know a lot of those mistakes are part of the cool that makes that thing work you know certain choices in the moment. Like, I always felt that Charlie was in the moment. Like, you probably never played the song the same twice. Oh, right, You know, you right. probably go for different stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas a Neil Perk, it's all mapped out. And, uh, you know, it's right. the same thing every night. And, and not playing...
0: No one's ever making him play to a, a click track, right? No. A- absolutely
1: not. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, I mean, you can, you can clock some of those tunes, and by the end... You know they're they're you know 10 bpms faster right. but that's part of the excitement that's, what, know, they that that's what they had to do that's what yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's what they needed right yeah
1: yeah i mean it's rock and roll i mean rock and roll to me was always laid back you know that john bonham the uh simon Kirks of, of you know um of, uh, Bad company, um, you know, just that real laid back thing, and I was like, that was rock and roll. But you listen to Charlie, and it was like he was pushing forward as a put punk rock in a way And again, that's coming from the jazz thing because when you're playing with horns, you know, that air has to go through all those tubes and valves oh, okay. and shit, and you know, so you got to kind of push those guys to, to, you know, to have them be a little on top, right? And uh, I, I think there's a lot of that attitude in his drumming too, where he's pushing forward and that momentum is happening and uh and i think that's that's part of his his magic right you know honestly yeah.
0: So you did a uh, little TNA you got from Tattoo You, which I always love that song, too. I, I always thought that's a really great uh, uh, Keith song. And um, again, he's just got that. Sw- I, I guess I, I mean, I've talked before about drummers. Some drummers have just swing and it's and it's not necessarily like I like some drummers that don't swing at all, too, because it's a
1: different sure. feel. But he's like the epitome yeah. of someone that has swing. Right. No, you nailed it, absolutely. Yes. yes, man, he did. He did have that swing. That's really it, you know? That's it. I mean, that that particular song, a lot of simplicity in that, it's like, you know, just kind of uh, simple drum fills. I think the beat and Keith were probably better friends than Charlie and Keith, you know? It's like, yeah, 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 the beat's yeah. just so good, perfect for Keith. Like when I listen to Keith solo records and Steve, Steve Jordan's playing on on that stuff. Who actually, you know, the drummer now in the Stones. He was going to replace Charlie while he was ill for a while, oh. hoping that he'd recover and come back. But yeah, uh, Steve Jordan played on all the all those Keith solo records, and one of my favorite rock and roll drummers, you know, any style. It was great. But uh, but yeah, Little TNA, um, odd choices. You know, he made odd choices with his drumming, even though the simplicity, but it just works. It just works. You know. And it's pushing forward and it's, you know, it's got that drive. It's got that Charlie thing.
0: Yep. Now, so what's he doing on Angie? Because you mentioned Angie from Goats Head Suit. And that's uh, obviously a a real, uh, you know, uh, starts out just guitars. He doesn't come into like, you know, maybe a third of the way into it. And, uh, you know, again, it's the, the choices he makes and the things he leaves out. That's part of the great what makes these songs you know so great right
1: yeah absolutely I always like the song first of all It was just one of those but uh the, the swing the, f- the fills that he does the drum fills just interesting in the middle of phrases but he's playing for the song he was a real song drummer and, and at the end of the day Yeah, like Angie, for instance, I feel like Charlie's playing a lot of different instruments back there, not just drums, you know? And, right, right. And right. His, cho- his choices of, like, going to the ride cymbal because there's no organ and he's filling up that space, you know? I mean, that would be my my assumption of, of why he was making certain moves and choices, but uh, but they were always musical. and It makes you think, you know, when you really—I mean, I'm, I'm listening to the stars with different ears— um, now, you know, I usually, you know, would listen to a band, you know, as a band and, and for songs. I never really oh listen to what the drummer is doing, you know. Right. I was never that guy. But, uh, but you know, listening to Charlie and, and really thinking about his uh, choices. Yeah, man, it just sounds like he's playing a lot of different instruments back there and thinking about other instruments and really supporting the band. And I think that's what he was genius at you know like he wanted to make those other guys sound great yeah and right, he, right. he knew how to do that you know he really knew how to do that and that's a lesson in itself but uh you know honestly I mean by the time I'm dead he'll probably end up being my favorite drummer you ah. know, the, more I, the more I think about him it's, it's odd because uh, right. when I was young I just always thought oh you know he's kind of sloppy and I just didn't really get him at a super young age i was listening to the you know the tony williams and the billy Cobbs from Mahavishnu, and i was you know kind of a snob in the fusion jazz world and then when i started to play in bands you know 14 15 years old and getting into more rock and roll or writing with bands or thinking about original songs and finding my own way to play you start to really appreciate these guys that have been in bands and and kept it together and why they're why they're stylists Why they're so unique
0: You mentioned Let It Loose From Exile on Main Street And Exile on Main Street Is a record That I didn't uh, Appreciate Probably the same, Like you were saying It was just a little Before our time And that was uh, I was listening To other stuff So I didn't You know I didn't listen To Exile on Main Street until like You know When I was older Recently And then realized Oh wow Yeah That's <laughs> that's a that's a great record but obviously. I think like, that's duh. my favorite
1: no I know right well they recorded that one in some castle in France so right. you gotta imagine that they were living it that they had time to kind of get that uh take um you know I'm sure there was a lot of debauchery going on oh yeah uh you know I mean <laughs> putting you those think? guys in the castle <laughs> oh well you know um but uh, that record is magic man yeah, it dude. really is intense uh you know as opposed to the the some girls and tattoo you which are a little more slick a little more radio you know friendly stuff it's like that record is just greasy and real. yeah down and, and dirty the sound, like the, the not in a studio band, the in a band. house yeah yeah that's the sound of that band to me that record is the snow too. right i mean let it loose has that leslie that guitar super cool yeah it's just a great feel um Simple straight ahead groove. The drum fills. Yeah, there's a drum fill he does, and this song is a break that. That he just does this killer kind of swing, very Ringo. You would think it's Ringo, but now I'm thinking Ringo's Charlie. You know, I'm <laughs> sure they were, right, I'm right. Sure they were <laughs> close friends and influenced each other a lot. You know, with their right, friendship right, right. and drumming and coming up at the same time right. and being so huge at the same time. You imagine the level those guys were at. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> It's, it's just i mean there was nothing like that there was no roadmap for guys like that
0: no and and in a way yeah.
1: different completely different you
0: know the, the way they were the way they carried themselves but uh just you know there's some magic as far as these bands, bands the really great bands it's not just you know it isn't just two people it isn't just three people it's the it's the it's all the people together in the band and and if, and if one person wasn't there it, it wouldn't be the same it just
1: wouldn't be right you know it probably wouldn't have yeah which it never made sense to me that um you know that zeppelin would ever try to move on without a john bonner or any band that loses any member right i mean even bill wyman you know leaving the stones it's like okay i mean you know if anyone's gonna go you know you would you would maybe not miss but uh, the bass player of course yeah (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, when that base <laughs> isn't there, you go wait a minute, what's missing? No, no, it's and, true, on, it's had true. That yeah, that too, and we played yep, it's beautifully true. with Charlie, and it, it's just like, yeah, once the guy's out, it's like you know, game over. Yeah, but uh, but they were able, they were able to move on. Daryl Jones is great. Daryl Jones and Steve Jordan um, are are such you know friends and played together throughout the years, and. Uh, so I mean they're gonna they're gonna sound great, but it's it's not the Rolling Stones anymore. No, no, it's, it's just not. not
0: exactly, exactly, it's not. And uh, you mentioned another, yeah. See, some girl, I know you you were heavy on some girls, and and uh, I love that. That's probably like my favorite Stones record. Uh, not being like a huge Stones fan, but uh, some girls, just, well, Beast of Burden is on Beast there. Of Bur- I mean, that's, that's the a- that's the song for me. That's the song, man, because it's just it's just a great song, such a great song. But then the, the way the way it's played, the way. Um, I don't know what what is it. That snare is his snare coming? Is his snare like behind the beat a little or something? Is that it? Well, he's doing
1: got, got, you know, it's, again, it's that Latin kind of... Right, get, right, get, right, right. It's a bossa nova, Right. But he's hitting it with the snare drum. I mean, there's so much Latin. Right. And we you know guys Charlie from England? That, what
0: does Charlie know? This British jazz band, what does he know jazz. from that?
1: Isn't that... That's jazz, great. man. Jazz has a lot of Afro-Cuban, Latin right, right, stuff right. in it. Always yep. had it, you know? I mean, look at you know, even a Take Five with Joe Morello, just most most uh, jazz bands had were coming from that school right. because it was the brothers and it was, you know, that uh, Afro-Cuban kind of influence. And, you know, they were li- they would listen to all the soul guys from the States, all the early rock and roll, the, you know, the Chuck Berries, the Little Richards. Um, but really, it was all the their blues band. The Stones are straight up blues and but they found their own blues yeah and yeah, that to right. me is what rock and roll is you know you find your own blues and you got something you know make it your own I mean not the the shuffly kind of bluesy thing or that typical slow blues right, you know, right style right. but like the changes and the heart of it is really blues and yeah. and they were you know when they were first starting out I'm we're just covering all blues tunes and then they started to realize well, we probably got to write our own shit you know yep. and and coming from that that blues you know background that they loved they all grew up on they were fascinated with um you know they kind of found their own and there you have it you know, that to me is is the stones just blues based yep well that's
0: great i i knew see i knew you even though like uh i I knew I didn't think you were like some huge Stones fan or anything, but yeah, it's like um, there's just some kind of essence to uh, Charlie, and that's why over the years, like I always drummers, you know, all different drummers from all these different punk bands, they'd say, oh, Charlie Watts, and I'm thinking, really, Charlie Watts? But it's like, yeah, I don't know, I guess you just have to get older and, and realize more and just your ears have to change and you realize... Oh shit. Yeah, man. Those songs would not have been the same without, uh, without him behind the,
1: the yeah, clarifying. it is like that. I mean, we never, we never stop learning, you know, and music is just that gift that keeps giving. It's just, you'll never be able to know it all. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just, he just made great choices. And, and, and the, I think the biggest revelation I've had in the last few, you know, few days of listening to so much, um, Stones is is that Latin thing like Tops I had mentioned to you too that's um you know Tops off the Tattoo You it's like towards the end it almost turns into a samba you know it's just crazy it's like wait a minute that's that's a fucking samba there you know. (laughs) And he, and he makes these, these choices of that first tom, the smaller tom in front of you. You know me, I, I play with two floor tomes. I don't even have anything in front of me, unless I'm recording and the song needs that kind of musical thing. But right. he always kind of favored that front tom. And I never really was able to make that sound cool. You know, I always thought that was kind of an immature thing. And right. it's like, whoops, you know, nope. It's like, it sounds great on recordings. It jumps out, you know. Um, and he did a lot of that. And he would lead with the left hand, kind of Ringo style, swing with that, like you mentioned. He had a lot of that going on. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of unique choices that he made. And he's just, you know, he's just such a cool a cool guy. And, you know, rock and roll royalty. All these guys that I've met from that era, the Simon Kirks, the, you know, even the Bee Gees, Barry, Robin, and Morris. And, you, know, you hang out with these guys and they and Brian Wilson. I mean, these are some of the sweetest people, right? Humble, cool, you know, humans. And you know, I mean, maybe it's you know, a gifted life and you know, what have you, but uh, they I think they all really appreciated where they were at. You know, they appreciated their fans, yeah, and they were you know, just super great humans too and you know comfortable within their own skin and all of that i think charlie had that
0: oh yeah you going, can tell yeah you can sure. tell that was yeah. a guy yeah that was comfortable in his own skin yeah and i mean i'm he sure he, who was he was sitting
1: he was sitting back there looking at keith you know, lifting his leg up and watching Mick prance yeah. around <laughs> looking at mick's ass for like 50 years <laughs> yeah, just shaking his head like oh my lord and right. he's just you know he's back there letting the microphones do the work for him through those huge pa systems yep. you know he doesn't have to bash he doesn't have to break a sweat, right? He's just right, right, Because right. <laughs> you know, he, he did not have to. that cool swagger, you know? right? And and the drums just sound better like that. And he knew it. And uh, yep. yeah, there's there's just so much about that guy that uh, I will, um, you know, never never know enough about it. I mean, it's a it's just lessons every time I hear songs, you know. Right. Well, awesome. And I, and I appreciate you asking me to do this because it really did bring that back to me and musically. It's it's such a good thing for me to you know it open is. my palate up again, right? And uh, right. and and not not forget about his his uh, importance in just the whole musical game and rock and roll especially, but just music in general. He's you know yep. he was something else, man.
0: He really yeah, was. I
1: appreciate I appreciate you. Uh, you asked me. Well, to you're do this, something else too,
0: Bobby. Like I said, so what's uh, so what's going on in the world of Bobby McIntyre at uh, Studio 71? What's uh, anything exciting going on, or anything you want? Man, to, uh... it's
1: all exciting right now. I got a new space right on Biscayne in 77. I heard, um, I heard. I saw some pictures. Yeah, it it's awesome. high ceilings. It's my new favorite studio that I've had. I mean, it's t- it takes a while to build it out. I'm, you know, I'm already working with a few different artists and bands, and and still kind of finishing the space, but. Uh, it's functioning. It's it looks amazing. It's Great. you know, I can host here, I can have bands kind of staying here yes. with me and oh, living yeah. it if, for weeks if, at a time. If you're gonna go with Bobby, it's a
0: whole thing. You're gonna live you're gonna you're gonna get the Bobby McIntyre experience. You're not just gonna <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I love to cook for my artists, yes. so I like to, I like to keep it coffee. positive. Mix a meal, a cup of coffee, and, yeah, you get the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, lots of everything. that going on. But yeah, man, it's really, it, that's fantastic. I can't wait for you to get back in town and come down and, and see the space. I and, do, uh, yeah, I definitely want to. And definitely it. make some music together. You and I, you know, would be would be fun to One do something with you. And this is the time, you know, yeah. this is. This is the sp- the space for it too. So
0: where's the ba- if someone wants to get a little t- taste of Bobby,
1: what's going on? Where's the best place for them to go? On uh, I what, mean, I have uh, you on know, I'm, I'm, Instagram is Studio Seventy One Records. Um, and then my Facebook is Bobby McIntyre's. You know, I, you know, I, I post, you know, things that I'm doing and, you know, there's a lot of shots of Duncan, you know, my yes, dog, and, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, not a daily thing, but I'm definitely keeping up with, uh, with friends and, and sharing what I can and experiences and the space definitely um, and and letting people know what's what's going on live here. Your and, uh best rock and roll it really It's, a good, your best it's rock a good it's a good time life. for me right now. It's good. feeling really. I'm glad to hear. That. It's feeling really really good. Awesome. You know, I'm feeling super musical. I mean, I took a little time off during this COVID thing, and you know, I was I was planning on just going to Tokyo and just parachuting into Tokyo and starting really? <laughs> looking for another. Yeah, I, w- I was ready for another planet, and that was the the closest thing I could think. of. I was like, Tokyo, okay, that's way out there. <laughs> you know and i mean they could they could use me yeah. you know producing records out there i don't hey, think uh you must be you doing must a lot
0: stick of, out like a sore thumb there though
1: you ain't from around here <laughs> right. you know and I, I have a lot of new friends but uh but right. i felt a little renaissance here in miami and i feel some excitement here. oh good and, good uh, good i'm glad yeah know, I, can, so, I can't wait to see the new studio all
0: right well, man can't well, wait thank to you, have uh, you back thanks thank again you, so much for uh for doing this with me i know it was kind of last minute i just threw it at you and you uh and you stepped up to the plate and i appreciate it because i wanted to do something no for, i appreciate uh, it, for for it too
1: man very much and uh and thanks to everybody, rob all
0: right all right everyone so that was our little thing a little tribute hope you guys enjoyed it and uh you know put on some stones records listen to them like uh like we did uh, all the great stuff. and now uh, we'll see you guys uh at our regular episode bobby thanks again
1: it's thank you thank you You always say That you want to be free a good time.